welcome to episode 124 of our SAP on Azure video podcast. Today is December 19th, and together with Robert and Goran, we are here to talk about anything related to SAP and Microsoft. Hello, everyone. Hi. So today we are wrapping up the year 2022, and I'm really happy to have Jürgen Thomas back with us. As a preparation for this um, episode, I looked back at our previous episodes from this year, and I was really surprised actually on all the announcements that we have made um, in this year from an infrastructure perspective with almost 24 terabyte um, virtual machines and amazingly many rise on Azure projects, updates with Azure Monitor for SAP, improvements with Azure Backup for SAP, the Quality Tech Tool, Sentinel, Azure Center for SAP Solutions, Private Link, um, Teams integration, Power Platform. There are so many things that, that happened this year so that I'm really happy to have a, a discussion with, with Jürgen to look back at this year, maybe also a small outlook from what to expect next year and just to yeah, uh, see all the amazing things that we have done, that we have accomplished this year. So Jürgen, welcome again yep. to our podcast. And maybe for those that didn't watch uh, the, the episode last year, maybe you can quickly introduce yourself again and then yeah, maybe uh, do a Let's talk about what we did in 2022. Exactly. So, yeah, Jürgen Thomas, you uh, introduced me. I'm a development lead in Azure Core. Uh, my team and I are responsible for SAP workload on Azure, uh, certifications, but also build out of the infrastructure, uh, definition of the infrastructure, but also helping SAP then to run their, their SaaS services on Azure as they decide to host them on Azure. So deeply involved, uh, the team is spread all over the place, uh, all over the place, meaning uh, with a center over in the German speaking area, especially also around the SAP headquarters in Waldorf, and then here in the US, but also uh, not all here in, in Redmond, Chicago, uh, San Jose uh, people there, and also in the APEC area, where we have people in the team. So yeah, it was a, it was a pretty exciting year. Um, <clears throat> 24 terabyte. You mentioned it that uh, that is a VM size. We worked uh, we worked on for a long, long time already, and uh, the distinction or the, the the real difference is it's a real virtual machine. I mean, you know, we mm -hmm. had this large instance service, bare metal service before, based on customer feedback that we got from customers using the service. We started at the at, uh, at around 2020 to engineer another solution that would be exactly like the native virtual machines as we call native vms uh, these are the vms that you're running on our our channel fleet of, of hardware and uh, well engineering took a little bit sap was tremendously helpful because we had custom cases that, that mm -hmm. were related to sap rice or sap enterprise cloud at that point in time and uh, so there was a super close collaboration with SAP on that one, also with some of the customers that are meanwhile using it. And uh, yeah, all these the the differentiation that we wanted to set also based on on the on the customer, the potential customers that uh, SAP and us had in mind, was clearly to distinguish in terms of performance as well. It was clear that the performance of that VM needs to be as close as possible to the hardware, bare metal hardware that we, we offered in that space. And at that point in time, it was a 16 socket hardware in HANA large instances. So it was clear that it needs to be uh, something like that again. We could not simply pop more memory into our yeah. eight socket and call okay. it then 24 terabyte. It was clear that the customer that we are talking about the most demanding customer cases. And that is what we engineered the hardware for. That is what we engineered the VM for. So at the end, you have now a VM that has 832 vCPUs. You can run SLES and RHEL in the uh, Red Hat in there. Uh, you can use the the premium storage of uh, ultra disk storage or ENF storage that we have HANA certified. <clears throat> and and really build it out as a normal uh, as, a, as a complete normal virtual machine, which was done uh, in several cases already uh, with customers who are very successful on that. We even have it as for HANA scale out certified because we do have mm -hmm. a that indeed needs more than uh, 24 terabyte of memory. So 
yeah, we uh, we need it, uh, we basically uh, implemented a scale out for the customer, and so so far works uh, works very well, and we are building uh, we are building our future roadmap around this virtual machine as well. I mean, we have now. Uh, we have customers in production in four different regions, of which uh, we look at uh, Western Europe, Northern Europe, East US, and uh, our Southeast Asia, Singapore. We have deployments of the of the hardware going. Uh, we have deployments already finished in West US too, where we also are on, are going to onboard the first customers in uh, in January, mm-hmm. and then we additionally. Uh, supply at the moment and and uh, get the inv- uh, get the hardware into <coughs> into uh, East US two and South Central in the US where we have customers waiting for that hardware as well to arrive so that we can run the twenty four terabyte virtual machines. So pretty big su- success so far. Uh, <coughs> certainly a unique thing. Uh, the uniqueness of it is. It is. Uh, it's not a workload. Uh, workload-based sizing. This is a complete normal sizing uh, where we uh, where we adhere to the 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 core to memory ratio that we have mm-hmm. for the uh, OLTP workload. So, and with 795,000 subs, uh, probably one of the strongest VMs out there, or really the strongest VM out there. So really. Really great, uh, great program that we did, and and great success. A lot of work for clear thing. Eight hundred thirty-two vCPUs, not an easy, easy one to to <laughs> configure and and also to optimize. But most of the hardware, uh, most of the optimizations that customers do on that hardware, on bare metal, do apply to the virtual machine as well. So mm-hmm. uh, take of those customers who sometimes already were running on the same hardware on premise of metal <clears throat> or predecessor hardware generations of the 16 socket on bare, uh, on bare metal at home did work very well so that was uh, was certainly a great thing and the, 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 the nice thing is with one of the customers we basically then made the jump to another development that we have to a degree proud of, which is our SAP deployment automation framework. Yes. Uh, our our GitHub our GitHub open source project that is uh, Terraform and Ansible based. We basically used that with one of the customers to deploy the whole SAP Linstack, including the 24 terabyte VM. There were there was a lot of investment in our SAP deployment automation framework this year, so made. Yeah, made good progress on it and and really uh, are looking forward to to extend uh, to extend it quite uh, quite dramatically as well over the next year we see a lot of customers uh, looking into it we have quite a few partners that we are working closely with uh, to extend uh, where these partners use it as as a base for their own functionality and uh, where also these these partners uh, give us good feedback and and even pull requests sometimes to improve uh, you know, proofing or to extend functionality. For us, it's uh, the SAP deployment automation framework. We see it as a great great base and and, mm-hmm. uh, and foundation where customers and partners can start with. It's not that we we think that. They take it one to one and and like uh, deploy it. Should possible, but in most of the cases that we saw, uh, that we saw customers and partners using it, it they, they really saw it as a as a great foundation to start with. Not not having the necessity to build their own Terraform modules, Ansible modules to to achieve certain things. So mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's uh, that's why we are pushing pushing forward with it. Add new functionality, add new support. Uh, for example, we are in a in a big project with a partner where we do a redeployment of an SAP landscape into Azure that was done originally 2016. Uh, now they want to redeploy to get really the uh, all the the newest functionalities and architectures into that SAP landscape mm-hmm. from Azure architecture. And uh, so that partner decided to work with us to do that with uh, with the Terraform Ansible 
uh, modules uh, from from our SAP deployment automation framework. Great success of, uh, for us, and uh, certainly great learnings that will flow back uh, that we are going to to implement then. That's actually one of, one of the really cool things that I see with um, with the deployment automation framework. First of all, how we work with partners. So I know that we've worked very closely with SUSE, with Red Hat on on really um, building these modules um, to to uh, jointly do do some development there. But then, as you said, also to work very closely with partners that are actually then leveraging um, yeah, the deployment yeah. framework to Absolutely. use this, as you said, as a great foundation to add their own stuff then on top to make it yeah. um, <laughs> specific for their use. And that's really something that I extremely like with um, the whole yeah. team that is working there um, on, on the deployment framework. Yeah, exactly. That's the important side of it as well, that uh, uh, that we really can, or that these partners, uh, system integrators, managed service providers can use it to, as a foundation to really build on top of it. And that, that is our aim, and uh, we certainly want to mm. make the foundation stronger and stro stronger, having more uh, functionalities included as well. And mm. so with that one, then, uh, then uh, build it higher and higher so that partners have to do lesser and lesser with it. And we really have a, have a team working on it. So it's not that uh, that we do that on the side a little bit. There, there, there are people, there are developers dedicated to it so that we make progress accordingly. I mean, if you have uh, if you have larger system integrators or managed service providers relying on in this foundation, we we need to uh, we need to invest in it and we mm. do that. Still, the nature of open source is helping us tremendously because we get a lot of suggestions, a lot of improvements uh, suggested. So, a really successful project, and it really now, uh, it really, I think this year. We reached a state where very, where really a few of the system integrator and managed service providers saw that the grade of maturity and the grade of uh, or the, the number of functionalities that we offer is really helping them and mm -hmm. uh, resulted in, in those companies to really work with us on, on uh, SAP deployment automation framework. So super pleased with it and uh, awesome. Now, as we talk about the deployment framework, we also made larger progress about our Azure Center for SAP solution, or as we call it, ACSS. ACSS is a, is a little bit going the other way around, where on the SDAF, uh, <coughs> SAP deployment automation framework, we are arguing this is a foundation where customers can take the modules and, and adapt it into their own frameworks and, and change and, and build on top of it. ACSS is addressing more the other case where you want to install a complete SAP system through Azure Portal, where we introduce an SAP system with its database, with its uh, with its ACS, uh, with its ASCS and SCS and Enqueue Replication Service and the application layer as one entity, as an object in, in Azure. Think about an object in Azure, for example, is, is a VM, is, mm -hmm. a, is, is a storage disk. Now we are introducing something that's an SAP system. An SAP system then again has many components, application layer, ASCS database, clustered, non-clustered, and then uh, you can break it down to VM and, and native Azure, Azure objects again. So basically what you are going to be able, or what you are able already in the public preview to see, oh, there's an SAP system. You had it, you can, can install it through uh, our Azure Center for SAP solutions by providing the installation bits so far that works for us mm -hmm. for <coughs> And uh, or you can register your existing SAP system so that it shows up as 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 an entity in in Azure Portal or in Azure. And with that, we you can analyze different things. We can uh, we can apply health checks. So this is well, we are at the beginning of the of the whole journey here. So there's a lot of more a lot more functionality that we intend besides uh, widening the use case to more SAP releases, NetDB releases, and so on. So basically, that's that's uh, we are in the in the public preview. We are very pleased with 
customers uh, using it so far in the public preview phase, we certainly see a very attractive thing with uh, with the cave, the use case of registering SAP systems that customers installed for other means like stuff like yeah. having installed five years ago, but now want to register with us being then able to to apply logic like quality checks, health checks, eventually then go further, suggesting uh, database uh, backup uh, policies, all these kinds of, of integrations that one can do. And so that's uh, that's a development that we are driving with, uh, with quite a larger uh, development team. And uh, maybe for the for the years to come, have quite a few plans around. Very unique as well, very differentiating factor for action, no doubt about. Uh, that we want to keep up and then really make uh, make a SAP system, so to speak, a uh, 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 first party citizen in, in Asia, so, so to speak, isn't it? And and that's that's really for me one of the most amazing things that we that we did i mean don't get me wrong having 24 terabyte is also not so bad <laughs> but um acss or the azure center for sap solution that's for me something where i really see some amazing potential i mean we, we had aaron stern um on the show um a few episodes back and, and he showed us um some things about um the azure center for sap solution and the, the very basic things like that you can now start and stop an sap system but which doesn't sound so great, but but the amazing thing is now that Azure knows that this is an SAP system, it knows that I need to stop the application server first and then I stop the database. And, and for me, that's again, it's a very small thing, but this really shows where we are going with ACSS yeah. and, and all the, the amazing opportunities that, that will come where we are already doing a lot of development and the, the teams in 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 India, the IDC, where where there's a lot of fantastic work happening with the teams there. So so that's something where I am personally extremely excited about what will come in 2023 and 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 and, and yeah. beyond on this. No, absolutely. I mean, the the point is once we have the base where we where we know about the SAP yeah. system, how it's how it's set up, uh, what the clustering is, the high availability clustering, uh, what other components are there. Uh, there are a lot of uh, there's a lot of potential that opens up then to do certain things. Uh, intelligence to say, hey, look, I'm restarting. I'm starting a component of the system, or if I restart that component, I need to take another component down. All these kinds of things are, are basically the foundations that we can build on top of then. Uh, mm -hmm. As you the restart of a system, then it certainly is uh, <clears throat> not difficult to say, hey, look, now in the future, let's restart that system on a schedule, or let's stop the system mm -hmm. on a schedule, let's start the system on a schedule, these kinds of things. That's all all possible. A lot of other scenarios, there are more scenarios, there are very, there are a lot of scenarios that we need to prioritize on the <laughs> yes. timeline as well. Certainly also then quality, that's certainly <laughs> a bigger one as well. But others like uh, I mentioned the health checks already now for the third time, uh, super important because let's be honest. I mean, when we look at the at parameters in in the Linux, in the particular Linux image, when we look at HANA parameters, when we look at other parameters, uh, these it's to a degree confusing how how many there are. When we look at pacemaker clusters, uh, little. A different number than than we suggest or, or describe in our documentation can have already uh, uh, can have already impact uh, so that the, the pacemaker cluster is not behaving as uh, as uh, as we intended uh, to behave and so these can, these kind of things we can we can check subsequently and also what we want to achieve at the end of the day that that we supply our support with better data you know to uh, to really yeah. Investigate uh, uh, investigate customer cases. So there's there all there's a huge potential that's opening up. Uh, we need we certainly next year need to uh, need to materialize on it and and work on it to to do these different things that we just described or working to these different directions. But certainly potential is there. We need to uh, we need to to execute on it. And we we have staff that so that we can do that. And I actually think these these quality checks, um, especially since you mentioned the, the, the pacemaker, what I always thought is, 
I mean, it's amazing that we are helping customers with the setup of a pacemaker cluster and stuff like that, because doing that is super complicated. Um, but I was always saying, well, now we're helping the customer to set it up. But what is if something changes? What is if, if, if there's something, then the customer has no idea anymore because it was set up by an automation or something like that. And now I'm completely less lost with the yeah. check tool. We can continuously tell the customer, look, something changed in the in the configuration. Maybe someone by mistake changed some properties somewhere very below, somewhere in the config file, <clears throat> something which we would never find. But the quality check tool can really then highlight, look, there's a parameter that is not according to our recommendations. Yep. And that's, again, something where we really help customers now with this day two operations. Yep. So once yep. the system is running, we can help them to, to really drill down and find the issues or, or also provide them with recommendations. <clears throat> Maybe th something changed on the Azure side that now we have other best practices. And, and yeah. that's really something that I very much like about the quality. No, that, that's, that's exactly the, the point we want to make or the, the target we have of uh, the, the quality checks, especially. Well, and then we shouldn't forget our <coughs> Azure, Moni Azure monitor for SAP uh, uh, solutions as well. Every further build out, we we have different uh, different uh, uh, monitors in there. Netweaver, we have the different databases where we extended our office as well. Uh, so meanwhile, we have DB2 on board as well, besides SQL Server in HANA. Uh, so that's that's also a work or ain't the more important thing. We change the foundations, we change the service uh, service backend, uh, which was. Uh, from the first version of the service, we got some some very uh, serious feedback about the way mm -hmm. how it's implemented. Uh, where customers were complaining about the fact that uh, there was a small VM running in their VNets that they are certainly responsible for from a security point of view. And so we changed that whole concepts to to Azure Functions so that we mm -hmm. you know being a, a virtual machine with an operating system in the customer security uh, parameter. And uh, with that relieved the customer from, from taking measures or doing patching there. So that's that's an important that's that probably was was the uh, was the biggest biggest work to be done. And then at the same token, uh, leave the interfaces to a degree so that we didn't have to uh, redo all the all the different monitors that we had. And so yeah, that's that's also an area that we further look into the other other databases that uh, that SAP supports to have uh, uh, to have those those plugins, and then uh, uh, see how we can add more data to uh, especially out of Netweaver as well. So we have different plans there, uh, not uh, not uh, slowing down there either. Uh, highly interesting uh, project. It's certainly that we, we don't don't want to replace solution managers. There, there are no plans to say, yeah, I want to go into business process monitoring. We really think the strength of the product is the combination of telemetry data that we have out of our infrastructure and then having, let's say, basic information about the operating system, the databases mm -hmm. and functionality of the application instances to see interaction, to see impact on of the infrastructure on the on 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 these functionalities, on these components, or otherwise other way around, as you see an impact that an that an application instance can't get the throughput uh, that that it's supposed to deliver or that they delivered before, then you can basically track back into our telemetry without mm -hmm. big problems. It really see oh yeah there, there was an issue based on the Azure telemetry and so on. So that's that's basically the idea of it, and that's that's the the area we are focusing at this point in time into. And so that's uh, there's still a lot to do. Uh, it's not only the not only in the foundations of the service, but also then uh, in in the graphical display yeah. and way how how we uh, how we present the data. And so yeah. Uh, looking pretty good as well public preview with uh, AMS 2.0 uh, we plan for next year as well to go channel available so pretty excited about that one and uh, yeah. customer feedback so far is good they uh, customers always come back with more suggestion with data. 
Adidas to, to collect some very good feedback uh, was from from the way how they wanted this uh, how they wanna. Uh, this data displayed and, and arranged uh, so that gives us a good idea so, so if you have 20 30 40 customers then you can uh, figure out uh, what's what's the uh, what what are the streams what are the directions customers wanna wanna see gives us enough uh, enough material to prioritize certain areas <coughs> to to develop first and to go into first so from that side uh, very good uh, very good project. And then yeah. not to forget the, the security space where with Sentinel we, we are continuing to to make progress with SAP components, uh, especially as for HANA and Adviva components, also a very important uh, area because we believe that especially in the security space and threat detection, a uh, single glass of a uh, single pane of glass is, is important. Yeah. You don't want to have <clears> five seven different systems uh, for for your for your landscape of applications infrastructure that you uh, that you deployed uh, because you can be sure in some of you have overlap but in some others you might not have overlap you might have gaps where things go, go lost and so our our belief still is that that sentinel is uh, is the product uh, to be that single pane of glass, and and with that, we we work hard to to get the SAP the relevant mm -hmm. SAP data, and uh, we also certainly do collaboration with SAP in order to get uh, get where we wanna wanna go. And I also for the year 2023, I would assume we can expect a little bit more uh, in the SAP space coming for Sentinel. So yeah. Uh, looking uh, looks also pretty good on that. Mm. I think especially since security is not something that is isolated to an SAP system or isolated to the Microsoft systems, but it's really you as a company, the whole IT um, th that you're running. And I think that's where Sentinel obviously provides fantastic insights in the Microsoft side, like what, what's happening on my uh, Windows servers or what, what's happening in Azure Active Directory or um, in Office 365, but then I can correlate all this information now also with signals that I'm getting from SAP. And, and, and that's really one of the yeah, huge benefits that I see with the um, threat um, protection integration of um, Sentinel with SAP here. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, the, the look, at, look at cases. I mean, you have a lot of different software until until let's say an electronic uh, or uh, order that was sent in EDI uh, to you uh, until that really is processed by uh, by an SAP system. You have uh, you have multi-layer software systems yep. in front of your <laughs> SAP system for a supplier of use to invoice you electronically. That is usually not hitting directly on on your SAP systems you have you have several layers hopefully several layers of software within between not only because of security checks but be also because uh, because you don't don't want you want to avoid bursts on your backend system so it balance things out these kinds of things at least that's what we are doing here in Microsoft in our architecture and so you might then see and uh, you might you might see how how you get an increased uh, increased number of of login attempts on an SAP system that might correlate them with one of those other systems sending tons of RFCs and these kinds of things. That's that's what you can do easily. Is see the Sentinel, and uh, again, as you said, not not uh, limited to SAP. This this is uh, is the tool for the for the whole company for for all the software and and so on. So that's Again, that's uh, that's a pro or that's a product. We certainly have further investments and future investments, especially also around the SAP space. Mm -hmm. Yeah, when, when you mention all those all those what we achieve in in in, in this year, I mean uh, we all know that uh, the Microsoft IT that Microsoft is actually big user or, or that we assume almost everything what SAP have on 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 as a uh, software portfolio. So how? much of those tools we are able to utilize internally in Microsoft IT? Yeah, I mean, uh, the uh, Sentinel is certainly a big okay. one. You, okay. you, 
kicked in the, the right the, the right product. It's certainly a big one. Uh, the, the that's in use already pretty heavily, especially around this uh, with our complete uh, landscape stack that that does our major business processes. Again, that's not only SAP. SAP is a component. It's a backend component. There's a lot of surrounding applications that that are involved in those business processes, so that we capture all all that data and and uh, do all the analysis. So that's that's fully being utilized. When you look at uh, at uh, the other products we talked about before, ACSS, uh, our uh, Azure Monitor for SAP solutions, especially with the Azure Monitor for SAP solutions, our IT is involved in development. Uh, they are one of the biggest uh, biggest feedback uh, sources that we have. Mm -hmm. So far, it's not implemented yet with them, but uh, certainly, certainly they, are, they are certainly looking at it. Uh, ACSS is also not uh, not uh, being used yet because uh, uh, we our <coughs> one has to admit of our hundred plus SAP systems uh, there are over hundred still on on Windows and SQL Server that's a uh, just uh, that's an area where we need to invest in ACSS quite a bit uh, we have I think uh, probably around a few dozen. Uh, HANA systems, S4 HANA systems as well, or HANA driven logic by SAP. So again, they they did look at it. They 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 are uh, they they are also giving giving great feedback. The 24 terabyte VMs, fortunately, they are, they don't need them yet. <laughs> HANA systems are still a little bit smaller. Uh, so we can make it. Uh, we can make it with the normal M series, uh, even the smaller ones still. So it's uh, we are not that uh, we are not that drastic. We look at our SAP landscape. I mean, our our ERP database. Uh, we still run uh, the the normal uh, business suite on uh, business suite on SQL Server. Uh, database probably going towards somewhere between 25 and 30 terabyte these days, and so it's it's a sizable piece. It's running on uh, on an S database server on an M192 with two terabyte, so works works pretty pretty reliable. Works pretty well. Has quite a number of application instances uh, in front of it. Uh, usual uh, the usual uh, availability zone deployment across different availability zones in in one of the uh, regions Azure regions and then has a cross region disaster recovery setup uh, towards the uh, eastern side of the American continent uh, and this is true for independent this is true for for the hard driven systems or, or SQL server driven systems there are certain principles that the team worked through that are applied to uh, in terms of HA and and uh, disaster recovery that these principles are applied to all the systems need to be applied to all the systems and so far it worked very well I mean, it's uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's been as successful. This we finished the deployments into Asia already in February 2018. Yeah. And since uh, since the, since we are very operating our our SAP landscape pretty successful in Asia. Yeah, I mean, Jurgen, one of the I would say core infrastructure part is Premium V2 which is yeah. relatively recently announced. And actually, I was checking also the documentation who are the author, authors. <laughs> the first guy was Jürgen Thomas. <laughs> so for me, it was uh, cool that you you still do uh, work on development of some of the documentation pieces as well. Oh, I, I personally yeah. like doc writing yeah. documentation. Like on yeah. the weekend, I just did some pieces again, and uh, I just this morning I, I released a, or a PR got got merged uh, into our availability zone document, no proximity placement group documentation. And for this week where I have a little bit less workload on, on meetings, I will do a few more. Uh, so no, but the premium storage V2 is a good topic. I mean, this was uh, from, and I purely look on the investments our team did. And, and look into the storage space. Uh, we have two large, we had two large investment spaces. The one was Azure Files, uh, NFS on Azure mm -hmm. Files, mm -hmm. and then we had uh, Premium Storage V2. 
premium storage v2 for us is uh, is super important from a strategic point of view uh, also from a competitive point of view and uh, so we were pleasantly surprised in in the development phase i mean i had a person now engaged with that development team for a whole year before we went uh, channel available with the with that storage as we developed the stack how we got the latency down to 0.8 of a milli, 0.8-ish of a millisecond, really great. So no yeah. right accelerator needed for for the redo log anymore. And and as well the way how how you can configure it, what it's coming with, and, and in a lot of cases the 3,000 IOPS per disk and the 125 megabyte, especially mm -hmm. in the smaller space, are often often sufficient customers having a possibility to harvest a lot of free IOPS and a lot of free throughput <laughs> by using multiple disks or a customer deciding hey look i have 1200 megabytes per second throughput and 80,000 IOPS mm -hmm. per disk i can so decide not to do uh, logical volume managers or storage spaces and then simply take one large disk and put enough IOPS, put enough throughput to it, and I'm fine. Yeah. Uh, so and that that is something that I left deliberately open in, in the documentation for HANA, where I I definitely, where I'm like, yeah, you, you should, as a minimum, our documentation around storage and, and the configuration of storage is always kind of a minimum. That's a, that's a base to start with. It doesn't mean that that your system, your high so your super high load system, is is working then flawlessly. You need to, but you have a point to start with, and then you can can see what the system's doing. On the other side, we had hostess that that then told us already, hey, you you go way too far. We can we can do it smaller. Well, it's fine. I mean, mm -hmm. that, that's your individual <clears throat> case. But but matter of fact. What we left open deliberately there is really how many disks you're going to choose. Because now, again, you have these two possibilities. On the one side, if you I get 3,000 IOPS per disk and 125 megabytes for free as throughput. And so now if, if I need a, a gigabyte of throughput and a few terabyte of disks, I can choose how I how I want to do that. And uh, that's that's a nice thing. And we don't want to want to push either way. We we think we leave that to the customers. Feedback was from some customers that they don't like uh, logical volume managers. Others were like, we always did that. We did that mm. on metal mm. Unix systems already having a logical yeah. volume manager. Uh, it's, that's that's in all our processes. That's that's the normal thing. Fine thing. Uh, can do both. Yeah. Price wise, uh, really an advantage now. That's all set. As we praise premium storage v2, there are still a few things that we need to deliver from uh, from a schedule. Mm. For example, uh, availability set support is is not yet in. That's going to come. Uh, then uh, what's what's probably going to be next to be released is snapshot support. With snapshot support, we automatically get the Azure backup support yeah. for it. Mm -hmm. Well, to snapshot backups. And so on, and then we have a few other things that we still need to deliver. <laughs> we need to deliver the storage as well in more regions because yeah. uh, at the moment uh, the number of regions are, are limited that we have, and that's also on the plan for for the year 2023 to make that premium storage uh, version two uh, way more present in in many other different regions. And so I mean, I'm yeah. looking forward to it. I like the fact that basically that also pricing and, and, and features are separate. Like, okay, one thing is size, another thing is IOPS, another thing is throughput. So yes. I mean, basically, I mean, because the laws sometimes also change. I mean, you can always, even the IOPS and throughput change depending on the, okay, what do you do, right? Yeah. You can change on the fly and turn it back, you know, meaning, and then when you, if you need more, you change it, you pay more, and then you change it back. Yeah. So, I mean, that was not so stra straightforward with the V1. I mean, you could change some some of the performance. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but it, it was still a little bit more cumbersome. And yeah. I mean, uh, also uh, when we look at it from, from how the pricing set up, 
the IOPS in, in megabytes in, in throughput are not the dominating, uh, the dominating kind of component in pricing. The capacity is certainly one of the oh, more yeah. one. So we'll see how our customers are using it, and it's uh, we we're looking for we are looking for what the big thing, what the, the good thing <clears> was, <throat> well is that it does enable uh, enable for smaller VMs uh, EC resolution five. We have HANA certified mm -hmm. EC resolution five. That so far in theory, in order to meet the KPIs of SAP, yeah, would have been uh, would have required ultra disk for the redo log because mm -hmm. right rate is not working. Mm. Uh, right accelerator is restricted to M-series and will remain restricted yeah. uh, to M-series. Mm. And so uh, the E-series now with the new storage of premium storage V2, we'll get the KPIs for the redo log. And really, I mean, if you have 32, 64 CPUs, hard to imagine that you need a, uh, that you need more uh, or better uh, latency than 0.8. Mm. Uh, mm. So that that is is then uh, making E series E series version five more attractive again, and yeah. so that's that's one of our hopes as well. And then plus the data disks are also benefiting from the sub millisecond latency, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Writing yeah. save points, uh, writing yeah. checkpoints. If you talk about uh, the traditional databases, certainly is benefiting. The other area where we did, uh, where we still put a lot of efforts in, was uh, NFS on AFS. We released mm -hmm. it yeah. with uh, GA last year uh, in November. Uh, had has the ability to do uh, sonal replication, a synchronous sonal replication as well. So that is uh, there's an area where we still have uh, do a lot of improvements. Mostly around uh, performance. Uh, well, not not so much like just reading the uh, just the latency or you know the grab the grab the data but more around metadata latency where we see uh, potential to still improve so we want to leverage that potential we want to want to improve in that space so there are several stages of improvements that we are in the middle of and our team here is uh, steadily then uh, helping the development team to run the checks to see uh, whether we are going the right direction, whether the estimations of gains that we have with the different uh, steps and the different milestones in development are true, whether we really hit the targets here. So that's uh, exciting work as well to see and still an investment on our side. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Right. So when you mentioned these directions, you know, we are almost uh, we are always in in a, with SAP on Azure topic. We are playing on the edge with big machines with the latest storage. How how much of those what we are delivering for SAP on Azure? Of course, we are not building those machines just for SAP on Azure scenarios. But how much of those what we are bringing in SAP on Azure is reflecting to other scenarios or improving our platform services, improving our artificial intelligence? So do you have yeah, experience? I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, in the in the let's be pretty clear. I mean, take the twenty-four terabyte VM. That is, there's really no. At the moment, we didn't see any any other scenario than yeah. HANA. <laughs> a, but uh, but on the other side, premium storage V two or yeah. or NFS on on yeah. EFS is certainly way more broader applicable. Uh, there, yeah. there are other areas, uh, there, there are other areas uh, or, or scenarios of other software that, that certainly needed, especially premium storage V2. We have a lot of different uh, different others and uh, other, other software, other, other workload scenarios. Uh, even on the lower end, uh, well, low end is relatively even in the space of of one uh, of let's say one to four terabyte memory, there are a lot of other databases, uh, database scenarios as well. The, uh, one of the future directions in those areas is certainly getting more storage bandwidth. This is this kind of a common feedback that we have uh, with those customers. That the storage, uh, especially for for larger database workloads, I mean, 192 eCPU machine is today a very capable machine. There's a lot of CPUs you get there, and so even if two or four terabyte, if you put a 30 terabyte database on it, uh, our 
Oracle DB2 SQL Server, of which we have quite a few running with or without SAP workload, is a very demanding thing. And so uh, on the storage bandwidth as well, so one of the feedbacks is say that the storage bandwidth, uh, bandwidth can be a bit tight. So this is something we are going to tackle next year. Uh, with a new generation hardware that we are using to to put the uh, uh, M series on, and so we we are going to tackle that. Uh, that's that's a big thing in in next year where we where we tackle the uh, network and, and storage throughput on uh, on our new hardware. And yeah, that's uh, that's basically benefiting in other scenarios as well, not only SP. Premium uh, storage I mentioned already, they too, a lot of other scenarios. What also benefits others is certainly uh, all the, the quality and, and assurance yes. and quality measures that we are doing. There's a lot of work that, that went into the hardware, or it's already now rolling out to this large M series, talking about, uh, yeah, uh, compensating for certain failure scenarios, uh, having redundancy and, and all these kinds of things uh, that's certainly strengthening in, in already now and, and certainly more in the year 2023. That's then in the rollout in, uh, and then getting more and more numbers of hardware in that, that has these things or having the right uh, level of host operating system that offers then more functionality to to have redundancy. So that's that's a big uh, there there are big developments taking place there. So I think one one cross scenario is probably Azure Backup. Sometimes customer complaining that we should have enterprise level backup. Of course, we have a Hana uh, backing. We have now snapshots in preview. So yeah. what are the, our plan for, for Azure Backup? Do we want to support more databases with our yeah, operation? Absolutely, we want to support more databases, especially the ones that are SAP supported. Uh, SAP is a big driver or SAP workload is a big driver in that space. And so we take the SAP use cases to, to work with Azure Backup team to get more databases uh, supported. I, I also lately assigned one of our developers in Germany uh, to uh, to help them out in a in a certain space, and also have other people uh, here and there assigned to work with uh, with Azure Backup to implement uh, logic and functionality for other databases. So go beyond HANA and SQL Server. So that's uh, that's important to us as well. And uh, let's be clear: I mean, customers as they they move into Azure, there's a certain expectation that certain tooling can be replaced yeah. by Azure native functionality services. Mm -hmm. right? It's uh, customer doesn't want to want to bring uh, necessarily does not want to bring uh, their backup infrastructure now in an infrastructure as a service manner into Azure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now they, they are there certainly are customers that are using uh, SaaS services of, of different backup vendors that are hosted on Azure as well. But nevertheless, I mean, there, there's a lot of cases where customers are pretty clear in in their their expectations, and this is mm -hmm. like I want to have one backup uh, system. Uh, ideally, it's a native, uh, it's native driven by the cloud, by my cloud yeah. that I'm selecting, yeah. and uh, so we need to make sure that we are getting more complete here. But it's definitely on the plan, especially for SAP scenarios. And yeah. So, yeah. That's that's definitely. But when we look in the next year, it's really uh, from from my team a lot about the new generation hardware that comes in with uh, with different VM types. Where we need to go through a lot of certifications with SAP. Uh, where we where we certainly have interesting projects with uh, with uh, HANA development. Where where we have interesting projects with Intel as well. Uh, where we're working closely with with our uh, Linux uh, vendors and, and not vendors, these uh, partners here. I just came out of a call uh, where, where we where we had a development call again with uh, with Suzy. We have similar calls with Red Hat, so we are working pretty closely with them. Uh, we have uh, we have great we we 
we are working on on getting new cluster scenarios uh, enabled and tested and uh, just got over the last months several prototypes as well from one of the linux partners in, in testing out uh, more uh, testing out different resource agents that they had in mind for for sap hana that improve here and there a little bit so they were working, we're working super closely with them so yeah. they, this is this is basically i think uh, over the last three years uh, a super positive development where where we we got closer and closer with with the uh, with our partners, Liz, uh, Susie and, and Red Hat, to really on Azure get get the experience, make a better, uh, create a better experience for for customers hosting the SAP workload. So that's good. When you mention HA, you know, so I can't not to remind you on this new development on on pacemaker to enable application cl ser servers clustering on the same cluster as the yes. ASCS, so which is also bringing consolidation, so to say. Yeah. Uh, I believe also one of the big requirements from customers and partners. Absolutely. I mean, let's be clear. I mean, uh, the, the, the point is we are meanwhile at a point, I think, from where we, we can argue, you know, what the sure for the development in Oh, I want to even have more ter terabytes of memory than 24. Well, not a, they, they, they certainly one can make a case about it, but the, the majority case is about help me to get a better TCO the, mm. of, of my landscapes mm. in, in, in on the infrastructure. And I think this, this is always, this always was a, as always was the case. I mean, think back 10, 15 years, you always had the same discussion. You had these discussions already on premise with customers. It's like, hey, how can I melt down the number of virtual machines or, or, or servers in order to run on a better TCO? And uh, Azure is no exception here. I mean, it's like, hey, now I'm running SAP landscape with 900 or 1,000 VMs. How can I make that lesser? How can I make them smaller? How can I make it more cost efficient and effective? And that's that's the whole that's the whole thing. Maybe is if our architectures need to tailor to as well. And so that's, that's certainly then premium storage V2 being one of them where we know, hey, this this is uh, this is a cost uh, from a cost perspective is a, is a is a better alternative than our premium storage V1. So what we are going to do this uh, next year as well is is uh, basically documenting for customers how they can get from one storage to the other storage uh, with the least uh, with the least downtime. Uh, these kinds of things this this is uh, is very important and and so we need to uh, we need to make sure that our customers can leverage the the lower TCO of functional with functionalities that we we provide and and we release so. That's that's certainly then then again uh, a topic or or a bigger topic next year, a continuous topic as well. It's not something new coming up, but it's it's then with uh, especially premium storage V two will be one of those those bigger ones then. Yep. Yep. So what really? else? Yeah. Holder, you want to no, uh, what else? I was also looking at the time um, because I think um, <laughs> you, you you covered already a lot of things, but but we are still on this infrastructure level, I would say more yeah. or less. And I, I oh, wanted to yeah. highlight a few. Sorry, other Holger. Yeah, no, really Holger, cool you, things. You yeah. <laughs> need to make Holger happy as well, right? <laughs> no, I, I was just I, I quickly wanted to mention a few things that I thought were were really really amazing that we did this year. So. If we look at the data space, um, we we released this CDC connector for Azure Data Factory, where we um, simplify the way how we can really connect to an SAP system and and basically merge the data um, from an SAP system um, to to Synapse and then really take it from there, do machine learning um, on this area. So so I thought this CDC connector, which is now GA, I mean we had Ulrich Christ um, on the show talking about this, but I think. That's one area where we see a lot of customers now really using this already um, in, in in a very big way, actually. So I think th that was one yeah. highlight. Again, not as cool maybe as a 24 terabyte oh. virtual machine or premium v V2 disk, but 
something where I think we see a lot of customers really adopting this kind of integration. Definitely. Um, a lot of another talking about the teams, isn't it? The teams integration, which is then a level higher again. For one is the data integration, but now you have the business process integration. Um, exactly. And 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 if, again, I mean, obviously for me, the, the, the teams integration was was something super. Super cool because that, that was one of my main topics in, in 2022, basically. And then having Satya showcasing this at the keynote is always really cool. Um, if you see your CEO showing something that um, you have been work you have been working on, I think that was that was really great. If we look at the power platform, um, I just saw that end of last week we went GA with the new ERP connector with a lot of new templates that customers can now leverage to connect their power platform with an SAP system. I think, again, mm -hmm. something where we see a lot of customers waiting for this or, I mean, adopting this low-code, no-code um, story. And, and I think that's something that was really great. And then where it all fits together. I mean, you, if you use power platform with SAP, you want to have single sign-on, obviously. Yeah. So we worked very closely with the teams at SAP to have an Azure Active Directory connected to the SAP system, where we had a lot of um, new uh, references, basically how to set up single sign-on, and 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 I mean that that's the foundation for any integration. Yeah. So so that yeah. was also really cool that the work that we really jointly did together there with SAP. Yeah. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. I mean, you see me that I'm always a little bit more infrastructure focused because which is good. Doing, <laughs> and then you absolutely, you you guys did great work in in that space of uh, of integrations, building the foundations with SSO or, or was it the name, uh, private link uh, between yes. and and the Azure services, foundations in security, privacy, and and. Uh, and in this space, which is super important, then to to uh, build uh, build other integrations on top of it. Who who you're absolutely right. Who wants to use today an integration where they still need to type in user and password? I mean, that's yeah. that's in general, that's uh, it's not what do you what do you do today? Uh, what you, nothing that you want to do uh, use today, at least not in in a broader space with thousands in. Uh, of users, so yeah, that's uh, these these integrations, AAD, AAD integrations are, are super important, and and so that was a great uh, was great progress made last year as well, or this year as well, 2022. We are not yet in 23, so <laughs> still last, still this year, yeah. No, absolutely, that's uh, super important. Uh, not only super important now, the impact is also tremendous from a from a user scenarios that they can do, especially with the teams integration, business process integration we have there. That's that's super. Uh, it's uh, it's super important to us as well. I with my team, obviously. Uh, I am creating more the experience on the infrastructure side and then and, and building immediately on top of the infrastructure. Then that's why our talk here was a lot of infrastructure talk. Which is good. And I mean, yeah. um, for example, I know from your team, we worked very closely with um, Robert Biro on the RISE integration. So yes. outlining a few um, integration scenarios. How, if yeah. I'm a customer running RISE on SAP on Azure, so how can I leverage this with other Azure services? And I think we, yeah. we create, or Robert actually created a really nice um, uh, uh, docs entry yeah. that yeah, outlines yeah. how to connect these. So I think, um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I think we're, we're working extremely well together, both on the infrastructure, on the uh, integration layer, and that's so. Yeah, th that's what's um, making this whole thing really cool. Yeah, I mean, uh, just one word, one word again uh, to Robert Biro, who who did the great work on on creating the document and keeping the document updated. Creating document yep. is one you need to keep it yeah. updated. Uh, I, I think these integration scenarios between uh, Rice and uh, and Azure Services or integration scenarios where SAP customers are running parts of parts of the complete SAP landscape in Rice and other products that are yep. around the SAP landscape in their own Azure subscriptions are becoming super important. And this is certainly something in the year 2023 where we need to invest a little bit more 
in in really highlighting these and explaining these and what's possible, what's not possible. How do you do these integrations? Super super important as well because uh, that's these these rice SAP. We talked about the SAP landscape. My SAP systems are not alone. There's a whole surround yep. layer. There are many different mm -hmm. software pieces involved to get uh, to get an uh, to get an order in to to get the the invoice out and to have the invoice <laughs> electronically paid or to pay my suppliers that that invoice me electronically so there's a lot of different components involved and in some of those many of those components that surround that support these business processes or make these business processes complete end to end are not hosted in the Azure subscription by RISE, mm -hmm. are hosted uh, by the customer either on premise or we see it a lot in, in Azure as well. And so making these integrations flawlessly, so that single yeah. sign on working, everything's working perfectly fine, is a big topic for next uh, next year as well. We certainly are going to work with SAP and then and, and make sure that, that these things are working and uh, we have it uh, documented accordingly so that customers that it's not like uh, like every customer thinks or, or feels that they need to uh, break new ground here yeah Perfect. That's, so uh, it's a good uh, good topic and good area that you brought up there yes oh cool I actually think um, that that's maybe a nice a closing. Um, yeah. that we covered the infrastructure pieces, we covered the different Azure services, we covered the integration layer on top. And as you said, um, I mean, there, there's still a lot of work for 2023. Oh, yeah. But I think um, we, we are on a really exciting track there um, to work yeah. with our customers, with our partners to really help them run SAP. Yeah, yeah it was so funny, like, uh, some of you know in in the year 2014 that is when when SAP and us signed the contract about SAP supporting uh, supporting Azure for the uh, for for the SAP workload with very tiny VMs at a point in time. Think about it, the VMs that had 1,500 subs or something like that, or 2,000. And now we're talking VM of 700 uh, uh, 795,000 subs. But one of the the central people in my team that that worked in that certification in 2014, he came, hey man, he came to me and said, like, you know what, now now we did that. Now, I mean, what are we going to do next? And it's not good anymore. And so uh, today we are laughing about it, he and I, uh, because first of all, he is doing nothing else, he is doing nothing else than, uh, than a lot of certification work. But uh, we, uh, we quadrupled the number of team members uh, between <laughs> 2014 and and today in order to do all the work around uh, around Azure with SAP and and so and and we could could have more people if you could if you could get more headcounts we, we would hire more people to do more in especially in the integration space it's it's an ending topic I mean mm. there's nothing when you say now we stop because there are new scenarios, there's new functionality delivered by SAP, new business functionality that where you can do more integrations. They are, they are on the hardware. You always, or in the infrastructure, you always can go further with, with SUSE, Red Hat, but also with the Windows operating <clears> system, hardly mentioned here. There's always where you can do a kick more, where you can improve here, where you can improve there. And then again, uh, there are things like our store, our new storage. There, there are other things that that the uh, uh, take take for example Elastic Sand that we released as well uh, this year already. Well, uh, I would argue that there is something that that we need to look at in the year 2023 as well. How the, would that fit for for SAP workload? How can we lower the total cost of ownership using? Elastic saying, or what is missing uh, on on the path to host the SAP workload in a more cost efficient and cost effective uh, way. So, so the work doesn't stop. The, the, the work might have changed from a pure I'm certifying certain yes, yeah. infrastructure pieces, 
still we need to do that, but that's not all the work. Uh, the work became uh, the, the the work became more broader, and uh, but it's there and it's it's a lot, and the chances uh, and, and possibilities are, are nearly endless. And so, it's, and it's uh, still a lot uh, of fun. Yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. Absolutely, absolutely. You learn personally. I mean, the, um, it was interesting. Uh, lately, we had a, a management team of uh, of my direct manager, direct reports, and, and basically leadership team. We had these uh, we had these kind of round where we say, let's let's talk about everyone, introduce everyone, and and uh, so that everybody knows each other better. And one of the reasons was. Especially with people like me now, nearly 27 years with Microsoft, uh, why, why the hell are you still here? And I, I mean, justified question. I mean, they, they, in, especially in the high tech industry, you see a lot of people uh, changing companies, and uh, and so I'm still. And, and one of the well, the, the major answer on my side was that that it's never uh, it's never boring you learn every day and you have the chance to learn every day i mean it's also like yeah i want to i want to pick up new things i want to look into a new technology does it apply to to what i want to do with with sap uh talking to to other people that develop new technology and saying hey if you do this and that then i can eventually use it uh, to the benefit of my of the SAP workload on Azure on the integration with SAP workload, you're always learning. And, and mm-hmm. the great thing is you you don't need to sit down like in the university or in school to study books. Okay. And no, you're learning by by doing these things, by trying these things out, by by prototyping, and then having a, having virtual uh, having talks to great people and and really. <laughs> Really, also the feeling that you move something forward, and that's uh, that's that's really why I'm still here after 27 years, and why I still enjoy every day. And because you want to be guests on our shows, also. I think yeah, it's so. <laughs> <laughs> the main motivation. <laughs> yeah. No, Jürgen, I, I think that that's a fantastic closing. Um, Thank you, thank you so much for, for for joining us. Thanks for for all the insight and this great look back at at 2022. I think that was really amazing. And again, I I was really surprised how many things we have accomplished in 2022. Oh, yeah. And I yeah. can't wait to see what we'll do in 2023. Exactly. Okay, guys. Thank okay. you so much. Be holidays. Happy New Year. Happy and New Year. We'll see well. each other next year then. Yes, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Thank you, thank you so thank much. You. Bye bye. Bye bye.